millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Welcome, welcome everyone. My name is Sean, and today we got to talk about this Jubilee panel, which featured white liberals versus black conservatives. And the reason I might sound a little bit disappointed in my tone is because some of these black conservatives had an absolutely awful performance. Some were good, and I can admit that this may be down to the editing of Jubilee, but overall, I was pretty unimpressed by the arguments put forward. But more importantly, the lack of information on basic talking points being brought up by some of these left-wing people, including historical events. It was just shameful in that regard. But before we get into that, I just want to say thank you to everybody who signed up over on actualjusticewarrior.com slash join. Give me the money. Give you give me the money. Okay. And thank you to the podcast listeners, Spotify, Apple, and Google's podcasting platform. Agreeing with all these things is when I did my research when I was younger, which arrived me to my standpoint of being a conservative because I believed it was racist, Democrat, liberal ideologies and policies dating all the way back to the 1800s, all the way up to the 1960s, and then you, the purported big switch. But I think it was more so when Democrats decided to be a bit more cloak and dagger about their true opinions of black people and be more uh, secretive and more, oh, we want to help you by you know doing these things and seeing them as doing inferior. Uh, affirmative action, welfare, all sorts so of things wait, that welfare, eventually so- ruin our culture and places where we are now. So full disclosure, I've met Chandler Crump. I think he's a sweet kid. I believe he's something like 19, maybe even 20 years old at this point in time. And I do think that he's passionate about politics and he cares about the issues that he's talking about. That being said... I'm not interested in this Democrats are the real racist kind of thing or that, oh, the point of the welfare system is that they were trying to separate the black family and all of that. Honestly, it's an argument that's kind of completely pointless. It adds a conspiratorial element to the conversation, and it distracts from the point that the incentive structure, as laid out by some of these great society welfare programs, had the effect of breaking up or incentivizing the breakup of the black family. One of the things that I'll often cite is that in the state of Georgia, it's actually illegal for a married woman to go on welfare. So if you are in poverty, it's actually advantageous of you, even if you could work things out with the father even if you're in a relationship with the father to not be on welfare and collect money from the state in order to better bolster your financial status and because black people are people and people respond to incentives this creates a bunch of problems and it ends up leading to the deterioration of the family and by the way even though you might think on its surface two parents unmarried living in a household doesn't make a difference between two parents that are married the stats show 
show differently. So yeah, this actually does have an impact on the black family, but whether or not this was Lyndon Bain Johnson's and the Democrats' sinister intention just brings up points that don't need to be argued because the proof in the pudding is in the taste, and the taste is quite terrible. So but, giving, but, but I want, I want to get back to the history of it because we're talking. Well, I just about, want to make sure we're clear: giving them money hurt them, right? Is it, that what you're a, saying? Well, yes, giving them because if your father's out of the home, that's when we give you the money. If you're living yeah, in the so, so then give them the money while the dad's in rent free. Well, then give them the money while the dad's in the home. If you're, if you're working so this amount of hours the, and getting blessed in this amount of you're dollars, throwing, you're getting money you're from throwing the government. The baby. Yes, so this guy called Alec with the C, by the way, very important that I take note of the fact that his name ends with the C, is basically discount great value version, you know, the Walmart store brand, Vosh. That's who he is. That's how he argues. That's his cadence. And throughout this whole segment, he is incredibly aggressive and wildly inappropriately aggressive. And honestly, his unlikability and bad arguments and sanctimonious performance throughout the course of this is one of the few things that saved some of these black conservatives because overall, they just weren't doing well and they weren't responding well to the issues being brought up. And a perfect example is what Discount Great Value Vosh is going to say right here. And I think it deserves to be highlighted. It's incentivizing you're throwing the baby out with bathwater. I don't even know what that means in this scenario because, yes, you're, you're okay, throwing, you want to talk about throwing babies out okay. Margaret Sanger wanted to exterminate the black race because she thought they were weeds. So yeah, we can literally talk about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's what Margaret Sanger, that's what Democrat policies wanted to do to my people. So that's why I feel so strongly about it because it is these policies that date back centuries that were built off of the death and poverty of my people. Let's take a breath. So I'm breathing. Okay. So a lot of babies aren't, but right. I am. So again, this is probably my main problem with Chandler Crump. They're having an argument related to welfare, and then this guy says throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which means he thinks that you should still give people welfare even if you change up the incentives. And he goes on this whole rant about Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. And by the way, it is true that Margaret Sanger didn't like black people. Planned Parenthoods were set up specifically in black neighborhoods in order to decrease the fertility of black people for racist reasons. However, However, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about right now, so it's a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing, and then Discount Great Value Vosh tells him to take a breath, which, by the way, is very condescending, but it gives the illusion that he's in total control of the conversation, and Chandler, again, he's a young guy, is just lacking all discipline at this moment. It's not a good look for Chandler Crump, and I say that as somebody who personally likes him when I met him and all that, I think he's a good kid, but right here at least according to this edit from jubilee it just doesn't look good (laughs) i don't know what that means when i say throw the baby out with the bathwater, you want to completely get rid of welfare okay or at least the concern i don't want to put that on you you haven't said that but the conservative apparatus does clearly so giving money to a group of people does not hurt them I mean, it sure, can't. you're talking about a lottery. You just literally take can't. money. But yes. there, are, there are strings take attached money. to that money. Take all the there money. There are strings attached to that Give them millions. Money. Make them all millionaires. I don't care. So in this point of the conversation, Chandler Crump, has lost. He has conceded a point that he never should have conceded, which is the idea that giving money to people does not hurt them, and he cites the lottery as an example, which, by the way, go look up the fate of lottery winners to find out that that is actually 100% not true. What we know is that when you give out money when people don't earn it, they don't have the financial discipline in order to utilize that properly. We see this all the time with any group that is given 
large sums of money or is under the care of the federal government. A perfect example of this is Native Americans. A lot of Native Americans are granted land, the government owns and manages it, the government issues them checks based on treaties, and even though it doesn't have the same incentive structures as the welfare system, which incentivizes the breakup of the family, we see similar results in Native communities under those treaties that we see in communities that are receiving welfare benefits disproportionately. But interestingly enough, the Native American tribes that actually own their own property, that don't have it managed by the federal government, that isn't granted to them as a welfare program through treaties, do much better than those who have their stuff managed by the Fed. So in this regard, protecting the Native Americans' rights, their rights to earn out in the world, is way better than giving them money because giving them money leads to a phenomenon called learned helplessness. So Chandler should have never conceded this point at any point. It's just wrong. It's not correct. And if you lay out an appropriate incentive structure for black America, they will prosper. And by the way, this has been proven out in American history from the 1930s to the 1950s. Black poverty fell from about 85% to about 49%. It is the largest and fastest reduction in poverty for any demographic in American history. And this was while there were no welfare programs. In fact, black Americans were often excluded from great deal welfare programs and there was active discrimination in the system. But because they had solid families, they had solid communities. And by the way, some of this was actually in response to the discrimination. They built up their own institutions and they were able to work their way out of poverty. Giving money to black people does not hurt them. And that, and ha- that has not that. happened, though. That has not happened. What, what do you mean? That has not happened. Giving, no. it, it hasn't been a revelation. It hasn't been this so, or that. So Chandler, in no way, shape, or form, should have conceded this ground because giving people money, giving them welfare to do nothing, does, on its own, have negative effects on the people receiving that. It changes the character of the people. It creates a phenomenon called learned helplessness, as I said earlier. And again, citing lottery winners, it's such an asinine maneuver. I can't believe he actually said that. It is a welfare program, welfare Great was Society's designed. Act, that welfare was built was... off of the idea of, hey, we get these families split up, we get these So then let them just keep the family together and keep all the money. I mean, I guess so, but I'm, I guarantee you there, I guess there is so. no way Why that would you happen. not advocate for that? So again, conceding to this point gives away the whole game. It gives away the whole argument. It ends up surrendering ground to this great value, Vosh, that essentially we need to do welfare, but even better, and that's going to solve the problems in the black community. And him saying, oh, they haven't done that or whatever, honestly just does not help the situation. Now, you could talk about, like I said, the impacts of the specific welfare programs. You could talk about how they're disproportionately impacting black people, but there's plenty of poor white people who fall into these same incentive traps. But all that ground is conceded when you give up to this guy that, oh, well, they haven't made black people millionaires. And, you know, it would be better if it was like the lottery and all that. Again, Chandler, too angry, too aggressive right off the bat, missing the point and conceding far too much ground to this guy who's pushing basic left-wing talking points. This isn't even advanced level stuff. You read one book and you're able to understand everything that's coming out of his mouth at this moment. Even more great. So in the 1880s or so, when we had our first black members of Congress, which were indeed Republicans, I think that was a great start for things. But obviously we had terrible things that happened, like the Tulsa massacre, uh, among you know black people being chased out of their homes by the KKK. Sure. Look, the purpose of this video is not for me to go after Chandler. As I said, nice enough kid and all that. And I understand that Jubilee edited this video, so they may have edited it to make it look like Chandler brought up Tulsa to concede 
made the point of Tulsa in order to say Democrats are the real racists. But the thing is, he should be able to push back on Tulsa race riots talking points as portrayed by the left because they wildly misrepresent this event in order to call for political changes and make it seem like it's totally impossible for black America to build wealth. And everything that the left says related to Tulsa is a complete and total lie. What actually happened is that a guy called Dick Rowland, nicknamed Diamond Dick, I'm not joking, was accused of sexually assaulting a girl in an elevator age 17. Now, because black people in that black neighborhood that is often labeled by the left as Black Wall Street, however, it was actually called Little Africa at the time, and it was only named Black Wall Street for political purposes later— thought that they were going to lynch Diamond Dick for this crime. So they showed up to the courthouse, and there was a confrontation with white people who may possibly, because again, this was over 100 years ago in the South, probably showed up to lynch Diamond Dick. But the thing is, the black people then fired guns first, killing two to three white people on the courthouse steps, and then a racial battle, a racial riot, was on. Now, the left likes to exaggerate, and they quite literally fund expeditions to say that 300 people were killed. I actually heard in one report that it was 3,000 people were killed, but in reality, in actuality, it was 38, maybe 36 to 38 people, and 12 of those people were white. They were killed in the fighting, and it had nothing to do with Black Wall Street, which again was Little Africa, being more wealthy than the surrounding areas, because Little Africa was not more wealthy than the surrounding areas. It was a black section of town that had a lot of professionals in the service economy due to the oil boom that was happening in Tulsa. And by the way, for those of you who are not smart in my audience, in no way, shape, or form am I saying it's justified to go to a neighborhood because two people of your racial group got shot and burn the whole thing down and leave 15,000 people homeless. The white people's revenge was complete and utter overkill. This is not how we should handle things in a civilized society, but it's important to understand the truth of these events because right now, this event is being used to excuse any non-building of wealth from the black community and tell them that there's no point because white people will just come around and destroy it. And the reason I end up citing historians who covered this before it was a trendy topic, like Albert Brossard, is because his quote is damning. There is no evidence putting the death toll higher than just over two dozen, Brossard, who is a co-author of American History Textbook, says. The notion that 300 or more died is greatly exaggerated, and it is highly unlikely unlikely that after all these years, the mass graves that people keep looking for will be located. Why? Because they don't exist. Now, here's why this is incredibly important, because what the left does often with the Tulsa issue is they portray the Watchmen version of this event to say that white people will never let black people build any wealth, when in reality, in actuality, it had nothing to do with them being more wealthy than the surrounding white area, because they were not more wealthy than the surrounding white area. It had everything to do with a skirmish that happened outside of a courthouse and then two groups of people going to war, essentially. Now, is it entirely possible that Diamond Dick was likely to be lynched by white people for grabbing a white girl in an elevator? 
I will concede that that is definitely a possibility, and I understand why the people of Little Africa would feel that way at the time, and why they would show up to the courthouse. But when you end up shooting people in order to achieve the goal that you want, and they are also armed, this, of course, is going to lead to a situation, especially back in the day when we were a lot more lawless, where people are going to fight, and obviously the devastation was felt in the black neighborhood, and it is a terrible moment in our American history and a terrible moment for race relations. However, with the help of the American Red Cross, they actually did rebuild this neighborhood. So the idea that Black Wall Street, aka Little Africa, died that day is completely false. The idea it had anything to do with the jealous white people destroying them because they're a wealthy area, also completely false. And you shouldn't concede this ground from the jump just to say the Democrats are the real racists. Um, I have six children and uh, two boys, four girls. And uh, <clears throat> all of them went to Harvard and Columbia and this one and that one. And it would, it breaks my heart to think that they uh, accomplished their, that goal of getting to, into these institutions just because of the color of their skin. So I just want to say, because I'm likely not going to talk about this woman, Renee, very much throughout this segment, that I really liked her. She had a great personality and she had a great story. She had something like six children that she was able to get into Ivy League institutions. And I got a lot of respect for this woman. And I just want to say, just because Chandler underperformed in certain segments doesn't mean that everybody on this panel was bad there was actually a lot of good moments for them i'm just saying overall there were too many concessions in order to make the point that democrats were the real racists and other nonsense like that if affirmative action accomplished its purpose why do we still see the disparities that we do in the professional workplace if you average white wealth and compare it to black wealth totals White people as a whole have about 50 times greater wealth than black people as a whole uh, per capita. So I just don't understand why you think affirmative action has accomplished its purpose. So I just want to point out that Great Value Vosh is babbling right now, and they actually put a fact check on the bottom to say that black and Hispanic households are either at about 15 or 20% the average worth of a white household in the United States of America. And the reason they did this is because he started doing the, oh, 50 times more wealth, which does not account for population, and he says total, but then he says per capita, and it's just him babbling about stuff that he doesn't know. But again, if you're going off the cuff on statistics, usually you're going to be incorrect. If this was not corrected, by the way, by Jubilee, I would have corrected it here. But it is notable that, at least in this edit, that nobody corrects this exaggerated stat, and they also don't really get into the underlying premise in a satisfactory way. So I don't see curious. That. Um, why do you assume that just because there is a disparity means it's because of a racial issue. What else would it be from? Now, look, I've been very critical of the black conservatives in this conversation, but I just want to point out that that is the exact perfect question that you should ask whenever somebody brings up racial or ethnic wealth disparities. Why do you assume that that gap is due to racism? And more importantly, what I would have zeroed in on is why do you only assume the gap between black people in general and white people in general is due to racism as opposed to to the gaps that we see within groups of people of the black community and within different white ethnic groups and within other ethnic groups in the United States of America. You see, he proposes an absurdity. It's basically the God of the gaps argument, except with racism, the racism of the gaps argument, that if there is a difference between blacks and whites and that difference looks negatively upon blacks, it's not favorable to them, then thus it must be racism. But the thing is, we see gaps 
gaps and disparities between groups all the time. And what we see consistently is that people perform differently and there are different cultural drivers for that. And that is repeated not just in the United States of America, but across the world. But I'll get more into that in a little bit. Yes, but why specifically do more black people? Uh Government assistance programs. Government assistance programs like what? Charter redlining. I mean, you can go into that if you'd like to, but let's take a look at uh, the Great Societies Act, which was created to kick black fathers out of the home and get black mothers on welfare assistance. These things aren't beneficial for economics. These things aren't beneficial for actually paving a way for success for black children and black families. I mean, taking, you know, reducing a two-family household to a one-family household isn't going to make them the richest man in the world. It isn't even going to get them out of high school. Nonetheless, the ability to even get to college. You mean two-parent? The the child, yes, but a two-parent household in comparison to a one-parent household. So again, we have Chandler Crump trying to talk about the incentives as laid out by the welfare system and the way that he's describing it is this sinister democratic plan in order to break up the black family and that's why there's a disparity between the wealth of blacks and whites in the united states of america again he's going for the democrats are the real racist explanation for everything but the thing is those incentives are interesting that's something that you can talk about how they impact us in this country because government programs are rarely held up to scrutiny based on those standards they often always just get the response well if we only put more funding in there that would solve the problem but in reality the good counter question is why do you expect groups to be equal when we have never seen that across the world and why do you put any inequality down to discrimination when what we often see throughout the history of the world is that more successful groups are discriminated against. A perfect example of this would be Armenians. Armenians, if you're not aware, are successful everywhere they go. They're also incredibly successful in the nation of Turkey, which is probably where they're most discriminated against. However, even with that discrimination, even with an actual genocide from the Turks against the Armenians, they still consistently outperform them due in large part to cultural reasons. They're entrepreneurial. They have strong family structure. They have a historically literate population. They have strong community ties. And this is one of the reasons why Armenians, if you look at the propaganda against them, are portrayed like Jewish people by Turks and other people who discriminate against them. The same is true for Chinese people, not just in the United States of America, but the world over. In Malaysia, they actually have affirmative action for the majority population, and this dates all the way back to British colonial rule, where they actually granted free education to native Malays who were getting angry at the fact that Chinese immigrants, who, by the way, came as illiterate laborers, their children because Chinese people emphasize education were outperforming the majority population. And even with that active discrimination in law specifically designed to keep Chinese immigrants in Malaysia down, Chinese immigrants still outperform Malays because, again, they have stronger ties to education. And by the way, Malays describe them very similar to Jewish people, how they're described by anti-Semites, and exactly the same way that Armenians are described by groups like the Turks. This is because discrimination often does not lead to negative disparities of that group. It spawns from positive disparities or a minority group outperforming the majority group. 
And thus, the discrimination is the response to that. By the way, another example of this is actually black people from the West Indies, from the Caribbean, being discriminated against by black Americans and being attacked and victimized because they are successful sending their kids to the same schools, living in the same neighborhoods as your average black American. In fact, if you look at the first black person to be a New York official in whatever category, chances are you're actually... Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Flare.com. 
going to find somebody of Caribbean descent. Now, the hypothesis put out by Great Value Vosch is that, oh, the history of slavery and discrimination and all that led them to not be successful. Well, I got news for you. If you're black from the Caribbean, if you're black from the West Indies, you're descended from slaves, more likely to be descended from slaves than the average black American in the United States of America. Yet that is not holding you back. Why? Because blacks from the Caribbean have a better culture, better family structure, better work ethic, better emphasis of education. All of these things lead to greater success and they have nothing to do with discrimination. And as we find out, even with black people from the Caribbean, they're discriminated against by the broader black population in America because of their success. The discrimination doesn't make them not successful. Asian students on average have to score 450 points higher than a black student in order to get in the same university. So if you think of the universities that have courses, et cetera, that that grade on a curve, you can only have so many people with an A, so many people with a B, et cetera. So that means that the bottom percentile is going to fail. Who is most likely, just based on logic, going to be the ones failing? It's going to be the people who didn't have the credentials to get there in the first place. So I just want to point out that I do appreciate them bringing the SAT point, and I also appreciate Jubilee bringing up the fact check, because this guy said that Asians have to score 450 points higher than black students in order to get in the same university. They also have the Hispanic number right there, and I wish they would have moved on from from Harvard and the Ivy League, because what we actually find through the research is although you have black and Hispanic students near the bottom at Harvard often, in reality, what we tend to see is that these spots are usually taken by highly talented people, so they don't have the same artificial failure problems that we see in the other tiers of university. And this was what was discovered in the Bach and Bowen research, where they tried to debunk the idea that affirmative action was created creating artificial failures. However, they only looked at the Ivy League, which if you think about it, is going to have the upper echelon of any group of kids, and they didn't look at universities below the Ivy League, where the mismatch hypothesis has proven true consistently throughout the research. And essentially what this means is that instead of the S-tier university, your Ivy League and and around, if you bump up a black student from the A-tier when he should be in the B-tier, then that person is more likely to to fail and drop out of that university, thus making somebody who would have been successful if they were matched at the appropriate university, in this case, a B-tier university, an artificial failure because you wanted to bump them up in order to boost the diversity or feel better about yourselves in that A-tier university. And this ends up having an effect almost all the way down the line. However, that effect is actually less pronounced in the Ivy League because there are so many applicants and there's so few spots, you're ending up selecting for people who are generally going to do okay in those Ivy League institutions. It's a lot. I will link sources that explain this in greater detail in the description of this video, but the point I'm trying to make is that these mismatches and these artificial failures are more common in the overwhelming majority of universities, and the focus is often zeroed in on this narrowest group, something like eight, that are in and around the Ivy League, and that is a distraction because with that small sample size and with the fact that they can select the creme de la creme of any of these groups really draw 
draws the attention away from where it should be focused, which is the overwhelming majority of black people being accepted into college and being set up for failure by the racial affirmative action system. One of the biggest things he did is he secured permanent funding for HBCUs, one of the largest increases we ever saw for HBCUs, personally done by his administration, among many other things. The First Step Act, which, you know, there's a lot of debate about whether it was really the best thing to do, but that was definitely a, a, a kiss of love to black to the black race so i hate this topic it's whether or not donald trump likes black lives or cares about black lives it's a stupid point it's totally irrelevant it's not interesting but the examples being brought up are things that the trump administration did as a strategy to try to lure over black voters like funding the hbcus for 10 years rather than having them come back each and every year in order to get their funding. So that was something that he did for Black America, the First Step Act. Even though there are some good things in it, I've talked about my issues with it. I don't actually think it helps Black America to go softer on crime and set that tone from the presidential level, but that was done again to try to curry favor with the Black vote. And there are a bunch of other things that the Trump administration did to pander to Black people. Whether or not they were good policy is up to you to decide. I think a lot of it wasn't good policy so the idea that trump the evil orange man hates the black people it's just not a thing honestly in my opinion but i agree in the sense that donald trump doesn't literally want bad things to happen to black people like i think a lot of conservatives do so i think that he just says the most pot yeah i do think that i think uh, the most he says the things that will get him elected so i don't think that he has any personal grudges against uh certain you know most people uh he just says the most popular thing so I, I think like Ron DeSantis would be, yeah, Ron DeSantis would you, be somebody that I think actually can, wants black people to be hurt. So by that standard, yeah, Donald Trump supports black lives by leaps and bounds. So here you have this smug, great value Vosh talking about how most conservatives want to actively harm black people, which again is something in this person's head. It's idiotic, but it doesn't get a lot of pushback. It gets an expression, but not a lot of pushback, which is kind of ridiculous and absurd because this guy, if you were to press him, probably supports defunding the police, letting people out of prison, maybe prison abolition, and all of those things disproportionately lead to the deaths of black people where there are higher rates of violent crime, and these are policies you can draw a straight line from his ideology to that result, and nobody's bringing it up. And by the way, I'm not saying that this delusional idiot wants black people to die, and that's why he roots for those policies. He genuinely thinks that black people are murdering people because, uh, systemic stuff says whatever policy, and that the police don't deter crime because he's been propagandized to believe that but i would have pushed back in that regard rather than just let him throw that out there and say that about ron DeSantis. when again he has absolutely no evidence of that and it's a ridiculous and absurd notion i mean this man put, took out like a full page in a newspaper calling for the public execution of five black kids his hotels all of his businesses have rampant uh history of denying black people apartments or whatever so i forgot about that i, I should just, not have stepped forward so i haven't talked about this guy jacob who is a very stereotypical white progressive that has no connection to reality but i was waiting for this so that i could talk about him and i'm gonna knock out what he said second and then go back to what he said first this is the discrimination for housing or apartments or whatever from the trump organization his hotels all of his businesses have 
rampant uh, history of denying black people apartments or whatever. So, And the fact of the matter is, if you're any of these large companies and you're renting out property or whatever, you will ultimately end up finding yourself in one of these discrimination suits and you're likely to settle these discrimination suits. And this is because the costs of fighting them are often more and it's not worth it than the cost of the settlement. So what you end up finding out is that black Americans have worse credit, they have lower incomes, they're less reliable in paying rent so discrimination based on merit ends up happening and that falls disproportionately on black americans however because people assume any disparity is down to discrimination this emboldens lawyers and or attorney generals trying to make a name for themselves to file discrimination suits in order to look good they allege a bunch of things and then the organization settles so i don't give a damn about any of these lawsuits what's alleged in them or what they were settled for based on the fact that discrimination lawsuits are often filed for these reasons against big organizations and they end up settling and when they don't settle like sears they end up fighting it for 15 years in order to prove themselves not guilty and it costs them way more money to do so and they have reputational harm every step along the way you can look into these cases where people fight and they technically win and how they actually end up losing versus settlements for you to understand that for yourself the second thing though i mean this man took out like a full page in a newspaper calling for the public execution of five black kids is this idiotic statement that trump took out a full page ad to call for the execution of five innocent black people aka the central park five so first and foremost the central park five was a mixture of black and hispanic people secondly trump's article which i can pull up and read some of it to you guys right here did not call for the execution of the central park five this was in the wake of the central park five that Trump called for the reinstatement of the death penalty, and more importantly, the Central Park Five are guilty. Regardless of the well, point. the Central Park Five. That's what you brought up, right? Yes. How do you feel about that? Well, actually, okay, they were so, so I have. He wanted them to be killed. <laughs> Well, executed just because they were black. So by the way, as you guys have noticed, Destiny is here. Destiny is in this conversation and I'm going to talk about him later because I'll probably throw him up in the thumbnail for clickbait purposes. But what I really want to focus on is what Jacob said, who doesn't even know that some of the Central Park Five are Hispanic about Trump wanting them executed just because they were black, which is absurd, and Destiny asserting that they were exonerated. And that's somehow comparable to the, the Donald Trump's treatment of the Central Park Five that were already exonerated. That, that wasn't a victim of the media. The media said they were they were done. They were exonerated in court. They weren't there. So first of all, the Central Park Five were not exonerated. And as Destiny says at some point, which I'll play the clip for you, it was not proven that they weren't there. The media said they were, they were done. They were exonerated in court. They weren't there. What ended up happening is that one judge vacated their convictions and then bill de blasio decided to pay the money for political reasons after they identified the source of semen that was found on a sock near the crime scene and that belonged to mateus reyes now this is presented by complete and utter idiots as proof that mateus reyes was behind this and that the central park five were completely innocent they didn't do anything and they were framed by an evil white racist system but the thing is we always knew that there was a contributor to the semen, and this was in the trial transcripts argued by the prosecutor that these five were involved in the attack, yet there are more people yet to be identified that we're not referring to. And when Mateus Reyes came forward, the statute of limitations on his case already expired, so he actually received benefits as he was transferred to a different prison for confessing. On top of that, he was being attacked prior to him coming forward and saying that 
that he acted alone by members of the Central Park Five at the time in jail who were, by the way, a part of gangs. So yes, Mateus Reyes was somebody who also raped the woman at the center of the Central Park Five case, but that does not exonerate any of the five. On top of that, people allege that there were wrongful confessions. None of the five actually confess. On top of that, all of their interrogations are available via video. You can watch them for free online, as well as the interrogations from about a dozen other kids who also identified these five as going in the direction of where this woman was beaten in and around the time of the crime. On top of that, there are also other people that were assaulted by these group of kids that they also had been arrested for because they were assaulting multiple different people that night. So if you're going to tell me that these kids weren't near the park, you're going to have to explain to me why all of these other witnesses were able to identify these kids. And considering one of these kids, Yusuf, was over six feet tall, super thin, with a high top fade, carrying around a lead pipe, it would seem like that's a pretty distinct description for a bunch of random people who were beaten up and attacked by him to make up out of nowhere in order to put it together on top of that the cop that nobody talks about that was at the center of this investigation is a half black half hispanic person himself and you can go listen to him talk about the case go over the absolute fraud that paints these kids as innocent we were looking for the group of teenagers who were wilding, who were rioting. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's the best way to describe it. They were rioting in the park. We came upon 20 to 30 of them after they had assaulted the the teacher, John Lachlan, and beat him so badly that both of his eye sockets were shattered and his skull was was, um, cracked. He wasn't even able to identify who it was that, that beat him because he couldn't see. His head looked like it was dunked in a bucket of blood. We captured five of the 30 that we observed, because the group, of course, started running when we went to apprehend them. Mm -hmm. And two of the five were Kevin Richardson and Raymond Santana, part of the Central Park Five. Mm -hmm. The Ava DuVernay joke of a series where they get 12-year-olds to play kids that look like little mini Mike Tysons. It's absurd. It's insane. Destiny, if you ever want to be schooled on the Central Park Five... I am available 24-7. I might have to do an entire video breaking this down. You know, so they were they were done. They were exonerated in court. They weren't there. Again, for Destiny to just assert that they weren't there, as if it's a fact, because an activist prosecutor put in a motion to vacate that looks like it's written by their defense attorney, is patently absurd and ridiculous. What are the odds that the four other joggers that they indisputably assaulted that night in the same exact area, within the same 45-minute time window just happened to be a coincidence and they weren't related to the fifth jogger trisha miley insane ridiculous and by the way trisha miley who survived maintains that she was attacked by multiple people despite mateus reyes who came in later and raped her saying that he acted alone after being intimidated by reportedly two people from within the jail on behalf of one of the members of the central park five who happened to be in the bloods but point being trump never called for their execution he called for the reinstatement of the death penalty this was not after they were exonerated which by the way they were never exonerated their conviction was 
vacated. This was before we even knew if the woman was going to be able to survive for this. And in that specific article, Trump makes an appeal to people who are good of all races to say clearly it has nothing to do with race. I mean, the headline is bring back the death penalty, bring back our police. And it talks about the crime wave in New York City. And it goes something like this. What has happened to our city over the past 10 years? What has happened to law and order to the neighborhood cop we all trusted to safeguard our homes and families the cop who had the power under the law to help us in time of danger keep us safe from those who would prey on innocent lives to fulfill some distorted inner need what has happened to the respect for authority the fear of retribution by the courts society and the police for those who break the law who wantonly trespass on the rights of others what happened is the complete breakdown of life as we know it so this is trump writing an article in the late 80s when new york crime was completely out of control talking about how criminals don't fear consequences how we should have the neighborhood cop and all that and again there's nothing racist about this at all whatsoever he would go on to say many new york families white black hispanic and asian have had to give up the pleasure of a leisurely stroll in the park at dusk the saturday visit to the playground with their families the bike ride at dawn or just sitting on their stoops. This whole article will be linked in the description of this video. I defy you to find me something evil white racist about this. Anything about executing five black children. This is overall about how Trump thinks we should bring back deterrence, bring back the police, and bring back the death penalty for New York City because criminals don't fear consequences. And again, this was written when we didn't even know whether or not Trisha Miley would have survived her injuries because she was left in such a poor state by the group the central park five after they attacked her to say that the prosecutor of the of the, the the five they actually he was a black guy and so in being a black guy he went and he looked at all the evidence and said these guys are guilty black people can also be racist against other black people. or just black make mistakes so if anybody okay. does anything you disagree with in regards to the Central Park Five, even if they themselves are a black person, they're, oh, they're just a self-loathing black person. They're just a racist black person. Now, all of this ground is just conceded by the black conservatives here. All of it is just like, oh, we have this woman trying to push back, talking about how the prosecutor was black. She's talking about the detective that I referenced earlier. Again, I'll link some of his interviews where he talks about this absolute fraud, painting these guys as innocent. But yeah, they should be able to notice this talking point and be able to push back and fight back against it you would only have to read the one page ad that trump took out in the paper to understand that their narrative about him calling for the execution of the five blacks innocent angels after they were declared innocent is just made up it's a complete and total fiction and by the way they're also not innocent. I think especially recently with a lot of right stuff that's going on or protest stuff that's going on, people on the left tend to infantilize a lot of different types of protesters and especially even talking to you know some of the other black content creators I do content with, when you hear a lot of progressives come out and say, well, they don't have a choice but to riot or break into the store or while well, they're stealing you know these electronics or shoes for good reasons, you just don't realize it. I think a lot of people kind of look both ways and it's a little bit weird that there's such a complex on the left to excuse like every single possible negative behavior from somebody as long as they're a skin color that you're kind of 
kind of in charge of protecting. Now, I wanted to leave this part in because I didn't talk a lot about Destiny, and I'm probably going to have them in the thumbnail for clickbait reasons, but it's this reason why I don't have a lot to say about him. He came off as very measured and reasoned during this whole entire conversation. He does this thing, and he's talked about it on his streams, where he tries to match the person's energy that he's debating or arguing with, and even though you have great value Vosh going off throughout this whole conversation, Destiny comes off as calmer and more reasonable, and he makes points throughout this that are broadly appealing to a general audience like if you're somebody who's poor you do have the chance to succeed but maybe you have less chances for failure before your life doesn't turn out well as compared to a rich kid you just said you worked hard so i did but i got very 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 lucky doing so very lucky you think it's just luck it's not just luck but the difference is that born into a wealthier family you can make so many more mistakes in life and when you're born poor you get like one or two before your life is over and that's really sad to me this kind of stuff is broadly appealing and this this is one of the reasons why there aren't a bunch of crazy highlights from Destiny from this conversation. Maybe he had better rants that were edited down. I believe they shoot for something like three hours, or maybe I'm confusing them with Vice, and they actually shoot for something like six hours in these segments, and then they edit it down to like 45 minutes, and obviously they cut around parts of the conversation, so there's just not a lot of crazy Destiny moments that you would see from his stream in this, and I think it's kind of to his benefit because he does come off as just more reasonable as compared to Chandler or great value Vosh Alec with the C. Renee comes off very well, but she's also more reasoned, so she doesn't get a lot of airtime. And some of these other people do come off pretty well. It seems like Jubilee wanted to paint this more as a battle between great value Vosh, aka Alec with the C, and Chandler, even though their thumbnail clearly is using Destiny and Chandler because they're the two biggest names that are at this little conversation, event, whatever you want to call it. I just got one thing I wanted to bring up earlier about taxes, because you were saying that you don't, you, you had your job and you were talking about how like you get the tax every, every time and you're like seeing your tax go up. I worked in nursing homes in 2020 COVID. The last thing that was on my mind when I watched 60 and 70 year olds on their deathbeds suffocating to death was taxes. I was worried about health care. I didn't give a shit about taxes in that time. So when I go to work every day, that's what I see. That's what I want to fix. Now, this is probably my favorite part of the whole conversation. It makes me laugh every time that I watch this section of it because it's so ridiculous, so over the top, and so performative. I worked in healthcare, and when I watched people suffocating, taking their last breath during COVID, I was not thinking about taxes. I am holier than thou. You are all shameful. And he gets called out shortly after by Renee for this sanctimonious performance. I see I see you once again uh, elevating yourself above the rest of us and, and particularly at me a white man elevating himself above a black person I'm that's what that's, me a that's, 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 that's what I'm that's me a and honestly this is probably the difference between Vosh and great value Vosh because while they're both trying to look good I think Vosh original flavor would probably have thought better of this particular sense this moral grandstanding because it looks ridiculous and absurd and incredibly sanctimonious and it really shows you that nobody thinks higher about Alec with the C, aka Great Value Vosh, than Alec with the C, aka Great Value Vosh. But hey, those are just my thoughts. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. If you like the video, show them by leaving a like, subscribe for more content, follow me on all my social media, support me via the support links in the description of this video. This has been me talking about the Jubilee episode, Black Conservatives versus White Liberals. Till next time.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.